Hey everybody, before we get started here with this episode, I wanted to just plug an event coming up that I think a lot of Mountaineer fans are going to be really excited about. So I want to extend an invitation to all of WVU Twitter for a special event on Thursday, November 9th at 6 p.m. On Twitter Space or X Space, there's going to be a collaborative live show featuring a number of players that produce content for West Virginia sports, and we're going to call it the Mountaineer Roundtable. At least, that's a working title. Uh, this show will feature Kuz's Corner, Country Rose Webcast, Mike Asty from West Virginia Sports Now, a Mountaineer Paul Talks Football, Press 50, the Raspy Voice Kids, Ryan and Rush Show, uh, West Virginia Sports Talk, and yours truly, the Bearded Ear from the Trust the Beard podcast. So what we're going to do is just dive into West Virginia sports. Specifically, we're going to talk football, maybe a little basketball. We'll give our thoughts on the state of the program. What does it look like moving forward? And some thoughts on about Neil Brown. And we're all really excited to put this together. Uh, we hope you can join this live to listen. If not, it'll be recorded. We can share it later. Uh, but again, this will be live Thursday, November 9th at 6 p.m. on Twitter Space or X Space. So we hope you guys can join us and we hope you enjoy all the content. Thanks. Hey, Mountaineer fans, this is my From the Couch session, Monday morning, October 30th, about 8 o'clock. Here I am on my couch with my mug of coffee, ready to talk about West Virginia at Central Florida. Again, I'm enjoying the Folgers Black Silk. If you are a fan of Dark Roast, I highly recommend it. And Today I'll be drinking from my Brian Wilson 50th Anniversary Commemorative Mug. Uh, he went on tour a few years ago, I believe it was 2016 or 17, celebrating the 50th anniversary of his Pet Sounds album with the Beach Boys. My wife and I are huge fans, and so we got to see him in concert, and you know, we bought this mug uh, as a memory. So that's what I'm drinking out of today. But this is going to be a quick dive into my thoughts on the game, my feelings on it, about the program, where we go from here. Again, this is no stats, no analytics. I don't even have my laptop in front of me. Um, a lot of this is going to be from memory. And uh, we'll just talk about it from a fan perspective. So to start off, uh, we needed that one. Um, you know, you hate to say that every game is the most important, but that felt like the most important up to this point. Uh, you know, we all know we had to get pit, we had to get tech, things like that. But this was a game that was going to keep us from potentially spiraling out of control uh, for the rest of the season. You know, starting off four and one, going to four and four, probably would have been a disaster in the making, and certainly could have been the beginning of the end for Neil Brown. And I had said this in my last episode, and I think I may have even tweeted it out that the team needs to show me what they can do. You know, we were told that they were. Physically tough, mentally tough, and they came out in Orlando and they sh they proved that they were. Uh, you know, got a win by 21 points. Defense stepped up, had four turnovers. Now there are some things we still need to work on, but overall we bounced back. We didn't let the two-game skid affect us, and we went home. Or I'm sorry, we went down to Florida and took care of business. And now next we have BYU at home, which. All indications that we should win. I've seen the line jump around. 
think last time I checked, we were favored by 10. It was at nine and a half at one point. That's pretty favorable. Uh, if you follow much of that stuff and, and look at other Big 12 matchups, you know, a lot of them are, are at least single digit. They're pretty tight, maybe touchdown or less sometimes. So having a double digit uh, favor, that's that's pretty big. And, uh, you know, we're not done with this season. Right, we've got the five and three. Uh, we're in a we're in a good spot right now. I think the heat on Neil Brown has been turned down a bit. Uh, before UCF, it was probably an eight or a nine. I think he's kind of turned it down to medium high to about a seven. And you know we'll see where we go. But again, the season's not done. The team's not done. Still a lot to work on. Uh, but you have to feel pretty good about where we are. Five and three, considering where everyone thought we would be starting in the season. You know, right, we were picked last. A lot of people didn't think we'd even win four games. So um, we've proved those doubters wrong, and now it's time to go and do it again. Right, you've you kind of staved off a, a bit of a, a spiral by getting that win in Central Florida, but now it's time to continue it, right? As they say, stack the wins. Uh, but looking specifically into the UCF game, um, just looking at our offense, Garrett Green is the man. He is he is our offense. Now, I know there's other contributors, but he is the main guy. He is our MVP, uh, probably of the entire team. And I will continue to say that the ball always needs to be in his hands. And if we're going to do... More running, I think it needs to be more RPOs. And we certainly saw that Saturday against UCF. Or, I'm sorry, Central Florida. I I will call them Central Florida. Only because they told us not to. So, <laughs> that's just, that's the kind of fan I am. But, everything should run through him. And I think it did on Saturday. And we certainly saw what the offense can do. You know, this is an offense that has evolved through the year. We used to do or we relied heavily on the ground and pound early. And it makes a huge difference, you know, when your offense is built around a running game. And so the O-line, the running backs, everyone kind of has to step up their game to help support the quarterback. You know, you should always do that anyway. But when your quarterback isn't exactly where you want them to be, the other players have to step up a lot. And we saw some struggles early on. Uh, you know, our passing game just wasn't there. Our run game was, so it was enough to get some wins, but our defense really had to play stellar. And we see that as the offense has evolved, Garrett Green is taking command. You know, he is not someone that we have to support. He He's the one that drives the offense now. And that makes a world of difference when you're going into the final stretch of the season. And... There's a point I was going to make, too, is I don't think there's enough attention put into that quarterback-center exchange. You know, we, we've seen through our history that we've had good centers and good quarterback tandems. You certainly see it in the NFL. One of the best ones that comes to mind was Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday. And really, I don't think it gets talked about enough. And we have two of the best in the conference. Certainly the best center in the country. And slowly you know, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the Big 12. He's he's certainly making a name for himself. Garrett Green is. But that 
QB center exchange, you know, they're, they're both the captains of the offense. You know, the center is calling out the protections. Um, the, the QB is reading the defenses. You know, he is basing his calls on what the, what the center is telling him the, the, the reads are going to be, what the protections are going to be. And for those two to be in sync means all the difference in the offense. You know, if, if you have two guys that are unsure of themselves, it can be hard. It can be a struggle. And we've seen that a couple years ago. You know, you go to Oklahoma and Zach Frazier was a true freshman at center. And some of the miscues he had between him and Daigie and, and him and Garrett Green, you know, certainly it even cost us a game at Oklahoma. If you remember, the, the ball snapped over Garrett Green's head. But now uh, they're totally in sync. The line's in sync. Uh, you know, we're plugging in people where we've had injuries and they stepped up on Saturday. Now, with that said, a lot of positive uh, feedback right now, but there is another side to that coin. There are negatives that we still need to be concerned about. Our defense gave up a lot, you know, and we did get the turnovers, right? That that's was the difference in the game. 21 points off turnovers. We won by 21. Uh Three of those, well, I'll say two of those were basically John Rice Plumley uh, wrapped those up in a nice bow, wrote out a little love note, and basically just handed it to us. Um, now, our defensive line affected some of those throws to make that happen, uh, but those interceptions landed right in our hand. Now, there's the other one that popped up. Uh, off the defender's leg, and Beanie Bishop was able to to get it right in. Um, that was a pretty easy one as well, kind of a, a fluky play. Um, but we can't always rely on that kind of stuff, right? So there are still concerns, and we're not always going to come up against an offense that has struggles like that. Now in our final stretch, we could, um, say for maybe Oklahoma, and but we saw Oklahoma was was you know they're they're not indestructible or they're they're beatable I should say. Um, but moving forward, you always feel good after a win, right? There's a lot of positive energy, and I think it's safe to say at this point, you know, we always break the season down in, in segments. You always have your three parts, you know, the the, the first, second, and third. So the first third of the season, we were three and one. Then we went two and two. And really, I think at this point, we're two thirds the way through. I think it's safe to be able to at least project what we could do for the rest of the season. And I surely think that we can win three out of our next four. Uh, We should be favored in those, right? Baylor is kind of not what we thought they would be. Cincinnati is pretty on par. And BYU was a little surprising uh, at first with their record, but as of lately, they've kind of had struggles in the Big 12. And then, of course, there's Oklahoma, you know, top 10 team, favored to either win or at least play for the Big 12 championship. And I don't want to say and project that there's no reason we shouldn't win those three games because as we've seen, the games that we've been favored in, we've lost. And the games that we were the underdog, we won. So... If everything stays the same, we'll finish out one and three, which is not good at all. Uh, But, 
you can never go off of what you should do. Certainly, we didn't think that would happen at Houston, and look what happened. And the same thing with Oklahoma State, with a lead going into the fourth quarter. You never can predict these things, but all signs point that we should go three and four, or three for four, uh, in the final stretch. And if we can do that, I think Neil Brown has saved his job, rightfully so. I think he's earned another year. And we have a lot of young talent, and if they all decide to come back... Uh, next year could be pretty special as well, but I know that's projecting way beyond. We'll try to keep this focused in the next uh, week or two, but you know, part of your brain is a fan when, at least for me, when you have a good win like that, you kind of start to drift off a little bit and, and you want big things to happen. But back to the UCF, um, and one of the concerns as well, not just with the defense, but UCF is not a good team. Uh, they have a pretty potent offense. They're a good AAC team, but they are a bad Big 12 team, as it's been proven, right? They're 0-5 in the conference, and I think they have a lot of talent starting, but they don't have a lot of depth, and certainly that showed. But the silver lining for that with West Virginia is, um, you know, I think our depth is starting to show a little bit and develop. Right, we, we had some key guys out the last couple weeks, and the guys that had to replace them have, have stepped up. You know, they've, they've had a few shortcomings, but overall, um, individually, those things have not cost us the game. It's usually just kind of big plays toward the end. So with that said, you know, they'll get more practice. They'll have uh, some more reps coming. And, and I don't want to say that BYU is going to be a cakewalk, uh, but they have an offense that struggles, and that plays very well in West Virginia. And, of course, that's at home in Morgantown, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Um, so hopefully it's a big atmosphere. Fans really can rally around the team, and, and let's get bowl eligible. Right, That's the next step. That's the next box that we have to check. Uh, first it was beat Pitt, then Tech. You know, get get a signature road win. And at the time, TCU was was certainly that. And now I think the next one is to be bowl eligible. And then after that, personally, I think it's eight wins. And now that, to me, doesn't make or break the season. Now, if we go six and six, that certainly does. But if we get seven, I think that kind of leaves Neil in a little bit of a limbo. That's up to Ren Baker. But I think he probably stays at that point. And we'll see what happens with the bowl. And, of course, if you go eight and four, you get a decent one, right? It's not going to be a New Year's six or anything, but... You know, we missed out on a bowl last year. Uh, the previous year was the, the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, then we had the, I believe we got the Liberty Bowl. And that's kind of a COVID thing. I, I don't know if we would have got the Liberty Bowl um, if the season had played out. It, it just really kind of depends. But we haven't had a, what you would call a stellar bowl up to this point. Um so eight and four would get you a decent one, and if you can get a win then and go for nine wins, uh, that would be tremendous and certainly worth keeping Neil Brown for another year. Um, now, with that said, he still has to prove it the following year, right? Let's let's not just rest and say, well, he's done it, and we're just going to keep him forever, right? You got to do it again. You got to prove that. You weren't successful just because maybe the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, was down a little bit. You got to prove that we are building something with a lot of young talent, 
um, just a little inexperienced and with some more reps and, and a, another off season of workouts and you add some new guys with the class that things are going to happen. Um, again, that's projecting way out to the future, but as fans, that's what we like to do. And, you know, I, I tweeted out too. I, I meant to mention this earlier that I give Brown, Neil Brown, a lot of credit for, for UCF. Uh, the, the way we bounced back. And as a fan, it can be disheartening when you lose two games in a row, especially starting out four and one. So I said I would gladly go outside and get my crow and eat it. Um, so I don't like to be wrong, or I'm sorry, I don't like to be right when I make those predictions. I did predict that UCF would win by 14. Clearly I was wrong. Um, I think Brad Howe said it best. I believe it was on three guys that UCF was overvalued. And maybe West Virginia was undervalued. And that can kind of be a recency bias, right? Um, They had played Oklahoma really well on the road. We kind of yacked it up against Oklahoma State late in the game. So you kind of figure um, your stock is down. Their stock is up a little bit. It's at home. They're homecoming. Kind of what we all thought, at least what I thought. Um, But we proved it. We proved that we were the better team. And even though some of those turnovers hit us right in the hands... I mean, we we just took advantage of the mistakes they made. And that's what good teams do. And they make you pay. And we did. We, we scored 21 points off those turnovers. Um, so, you know, you can never... You just play the team that's in front of you. Uh, they don't have control of that. They don't have control how good or bad the team prepares for you. You just go out and play. And we did. And we won. And so let's put that one to bed. That's another notch in the win column. And let's go get bowl eligible, right? Let's let's do something we haven't done in a while. Let's give something for the fans to get excited about. You know, going to a bowl, it's always a fun time if, if you're able to do it. Um, personally, me, I've been to two bowls in my life and West Virginia got smoked in both of them. So I'm a little hesitant sometimes when traveling for a bowl. Um, I went to the, I believe it was Continental Continental Tire Bowl against Virginia in 2002, Rodriguez's second year. We got smoked. And then one year I went down to Jacksonville for the Gator Bowl uh, where Scotty O'Brien got his revenge for a second time against West Virginia. It might have been the first. I can't remember the order. Uh, But he smoked us twice, and that was one of them. So again... Sometimes I'm a little hesitant about going to bowls, but I know other fans get excited about it. So um, it's a little bit of juice for the program. Again, you know, with where we were starting out, what we were predicted to do, it's it's a fun time right now. And so let's just keep that momentum going, and and we'll see we'll see what happens. But with that said, um, I'm going to close this out. Again, this was just kind of my thoughts. We're all feeling good right now. Let's just keep that good feeling going. Let's go six and three. And let's, you know, after that, if, if we get the W, let's talk about knocking off Oklahoma again. Uh, that would be a big feather in Neil Brown's cap if we could do that. And uh, so with that said, uh, we'll close this out. Um, I don't think I'm going to get into any numbers. This, again, is just a from the couch moment. And so later in the week, I'll have some more numbers. We'll see some rankings and, and a little bit of prediction for BYU. So guys, um, you know, be safe out there. Have a happy Halloween coming up and let's go Mountaineers.